Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play Team. This actual play uses the 7th edition Call of Cthulhu tabletop role-playing game rules by Chaosium. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. While we try very hard to stick to languages for all ages, listeners should know that this podcast may include mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Masks of Neonathotep in the Egypt chapter. We have an awful lot to get to tonight. Before we do, we'd like to thank all of our listeners, Patreon supporters. You too can join our Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. Come check out, spend a little cash, make these people's lives miserable. That is what I offer you. Now, introductions to my right. This is Tiffany and I play Maeve O'Shea and it's time for the big guns. Yeah, it seems that uh, you've prepared to set us up the bomb as it were. And, uh, it's on its way to, uh, (laughs) to Miss O'Shea's right. This is Morgan. I play Lillian Lane and, um, I hope nobody tries to leave me alone here. Mm, Yes. We wouldn't want that now, would we? Mm -hmm. Uh, at the end of the table, this is Jake. Are we playing Jack Doyle? And, um, and maybe it's just been itching to pull out that snake the entire time we've been down here. Well, listen, when you've got something that long and thick wrapped around your leg, it has to go somewhere, right? Don't I know it. <laughs> to his right. Uh, this is Lonnie. I am playing Otto's heart. Uh, to Mr. Uh, Mr. Otto's right. This is James. I'll be playing Dr. Sigmund Tartenbach. And um, I, I don't know what, what we're doing here. It seems like a lovely place. You know, it does seem like a lovely place. Perhaps um, just they just haven't put in the seasonal gardens just yet. I'm sure they'll get around to it at some point. And last but most certainly not least. This is Alex playing Saint Baron, who it seems for uh, one of the first times is not in dire circumstances while everyone else is. Mm, yes, perhaps the first uh, ever time that that is true. Uh, but I mean, there's time. There's time. We raise the curtain tonight in a very dark place. One accented by black marble speckled with the whites of starlights. One is held up and aloft by massive, tall, thick columns uh, decorated in the ancient Egyptian splendor. The investigators, most of them anyway, had made their ways through the tunnels under the Mycernia's temple and had found their way into a grand throne room or what appeared to be a throne room or perhaps a sacrificial altar site. Seizing the opportunity to possibly claim the mummy themselves, they've spied a very important altar in this room and they are going to be uh, making a ruckus, we'll say. Now, can you describe the ruckus, sir? I can, actually. Um, I mean, it will actually be my job to, to, to do that. It had been made clear that the, the group at the end of the room, or what seems to be the end of the room, near this white alabaster, uh, white altar, was a group of Brotherhood cultists. Fairly easy to suss out by their robes, 
and by what they seem to be doing, which is setting up for some sort of ritual later on. From what the group has been able to discern, there are about six or so of them that they can visually see at this point. And that is when Miss O'Shea began, uh, had made the decision that one of Yig's direct servitors needed to be with you. And so she began in a harmonically resonant voice, raising it towards the ceiling. And the room, which had been relatively quiet otherwise, even with some of the louder noises that had gone on, uh, there hadn't been too much of uh, seemingly of this noise that might alert some of their presence. But that casting especially seems to have um, alerted the rest. Now, what I would like, because you already began casting during the last episode, we know how long it will take that servitor to get here. And my question then is to the rest of you who are present is with the other cultists now turning to see what's going on and noticing that there is a, a fair amount of distance between the two groups. What are the three or four of you who are not embroiled in summoning creatures from the great beyond going to do? Well, there is a, there's a distance between the two groups, right? Yeah, it's probably about 100 feet or so. And they have these columns here. Maybe uh, maybe I'm going to swing around along the outside wall and hopefully she'll attract their attention and allow me to get in closer, maybe in behind them. Okay. You have already uh, dispatched one guard. Right. The uh, dog man. Yes, the dog man that was wandering around. Another one of these bestial creatures that uh, you'd uh, encountered similar ones in the tunnels. Uh, he's he's gone. He has he has been felled. He's uh, an ex dog man. Correct. He's uh, pining for the fjords. Sorry. He's not pining Rainbow for the Bridge. He's dead. Miss Lane, how are you reacting to uh, to this? To Miss O'Shea and her spe- clear and obvious spell casting. Well, I've seen her cast that cast before. Indeed. And bring her her big friend. The last time was in England. Yes. Um. Nope. And if Jack is moving around one section of the room here to try to, I would imagine, get towards more of the darker spots in the room. Yeah. Are you following his lead? And I also have the gun that Jack gave me as well. So I will try to flank behind him. Okay. Close enough that I feel safe, but not close enough that I'm totally up his rear end. Pick up that gear while you're there. Doctor, given your current state, what do you think you would be um, likely to do? Well, um, Doc can see what Jack is doing right now, right? Yes. Okay. Um, then he is going to follow suit on the other side, but be less stealthy about it, obviously, because he has very little stealth. He's not trying to not get caught. He's trying to be enough of a distraction to make sure that Jack doesn't get caught. Okay, so just for clarity purposes, are you going to move um, towards the way you came in, closer towards the altar, or towards Miss O'Shea? Like, in what direction would I would I move you? I would be 
closer to probably closer on the other side of Miss O'Shea. If if she's interrupted, it sounds like it's probably going to be a bad thing. So he's going to get between her and them. Okay. So if I put you towards the staircase. Perfect. Since you're getting towards the staircase, do me a favor and give me a spot hidden roll. Does that staircase go down to the pool? Uh, No, sir. That staircase goes down into darkness. No one really knows where that staircase goes. 98 over 80. Ew. Okay. So it's not a fumble because your skill is higher than 50. Right? So that is very, very good. Now, your spot hidden is 80. And so I would ask you as your keeper, would you like to push that roll? You know what? Nothing bad has ever happened from a push roll from what (laughs) I understand. Uh, So... And uh, you know what they say about pushing your luck? It makes the luck last longer. So I'm totally going to push the roll. Then tell me how. Yes. Okay. So when he gets over there, he's going to um, not necessarily lean up against the stairs, but use them to kind of shield him from the light of the, of the, the, what are they? The brazers. Yes. And kind of uh, adjust his glasses and make sure that there's nobody sneaking up on us so he's going to take another look around go for it push that roll 14 under 80 an extreme success sir very good very good so with an extreme success the doctor glances down into this long stairway this rather golden stairway Uh, it's at least gold tinted Um, the bricks here are uh, unusually colorful not like the normal stone you've seen outside not even in some of the more historic renditions of the pictures of egyptian temples these feel physically it looks like beaten gold perhaps some sort of capstone that have been put on but the thing that catches your eye the most is at the bottom or near the bottom of this staircase when you're leaning over you can see that there is almost a fine red mist that makes a curtain as the stairway gets deeper as if you if you wanted to traverse the staircase you would have to pass through this curtain of red mist mm. can i is there any kind of um odor component to coming out of this stairwell uh, from that red mist no it doesn't seem to be a, an odor per se although you do get a rather uneasy feeling just looking at it. You almost get this call of the void that happens to you. Mm. You you feel inexorably drawn for a moment as you stare at the mist. Okay. So that that sets off alarm bells in itself. Mm. Um, All right. He's going to position himself there. Keep an eye on Maeve and make sure nobody goes down the stairs without, you know, before you can stop them. Certainly. Uh, So a round passes, and you see these cultists begin to appear at the front of the altar. And I say cultists because there's really no reason to, um, there's really no reason to couch it in any other other language. Um, You know what they're here for. They know what you're here for, likely. And they seem to set up some sort of protective round like row in front of the altar for a second and as they're in front of the altar together they shout with one common 
voice out into the hall. And their echoes fill that space now. And you see each one of them have melee implements, whether it be uh, axes or bladed weapons. They are prepared to uh, engage you. I mean, not smart to bring a knife to a gunfight, but it's neither here nor there. Arnold? I am going to position myself in front of Miss O'Shea. Mm -hmm. I am going to advance forward with the sword in my hand. Okay. And I will shout, Allah, demand your life, unclean beasts. Fantastic. How far ahead are you standing from front of her? About 15, 20 feet. Okay. You cut about a third of the distance between you and where they were standing at first. And when they see you make your way forward, uh, they get <laughs> this wild and crazed uh, cheer goes up between them. Like finally someone, there's someone to fight. I'm a distraction. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> kind of. So Jack and, and Lillian, I know that Lillian's uh, dex in, in rounds is going to be first. She's pretty pretty uh, light on her feet. So uh, if you'd give me an idea, are you sticking close, continuing to stick close to Jack this round, or are you, you're definitely out of pistol range? Right. So I'm going to still move forward, but still stay close enough within, I don't know, several feet of Back shooting range. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to move, but you don't want to be lonely. I don't want to be lonely. Okay. Jack? Uh, yeah, I'll move forward uh, in fact, if I could pass her. Certainly. So, Sigmund, are you going to move any further up? Are you still staying firmly entrenched there by Maeve? I'm not leaving Maeve's side, but um, what is the light level in this room like? Poor. At best. Very poor? Yeah. Okay. It's pretty bad. And they, these guys coming in seem to be pretty well adjusted to maneuvering in this level of darkness. They're very comfortable in this room. Fantastic. All right. Well, um, I guess he's going to load Betty then. Very good. The members at the altar begin to fan out. And they begin to move around this pool. They hug themselves close to the columns and to the braziers here. And they fill in pretty close. They don't get within range of you this round, Otto, but you could close the distance with the sword if you wanted to. The uh, one lone cultist stays back and he seems to be mumbling to himself. And so uh, Otto. That one cultist has his back to the pillar? Like he's... Yeah, he, he what he's doing is he's put his back to the pillar and he's moving around. Okay, so he's, he's facing more toward me than... Oh, yeah. Okay. I'm going to step forward and take a swing at the at the uh, closest one. Okay. Yeah, that closest one is the one directly there in front of you. So you're, it's a fighting brawl for you, sir, and he will make a, a fighting back roll. I will spend 14 points of luck to make that a success. 53 under 53. Okay. So go ahead and roll damage. It's 1d8 plus 1 plus damage bonus. 
There's no damage bonus, so three points. Okay. You swing and chop him. Uh, he does not manage to get out of the way. And so you cut him across the top of his uh, cultist's robe. He doesn't so much as reel from the wound. He salivates at the pain. Mm. It's exceedingly disturbing. Uh, but that's your action. So you've cut a cultist. Congratulations. Yay. Now one round left uh, for you, Miss O'Shea. So you can just still hang tight. You're starting to feel and pick up vibrations in the stones, though, like beneath your feet. Good vibrations, like Marky Mark, or <laughs> not good vibrations? You're not entirely sure. You're just feeling the bottom of the, the rock underneath your feet is starting to move. Oh, okay. Lillian? I pull up my hatchet mm-hmm. instead, and I put Jack's pistol down in my boot so I can use the hatchet with both it's hands. It's not going to fit in your boot. What? Isn't it? Oh, that's true. I could put it in a pocket. Yeah, because you wear pants. I do wear pants. I put the gun in my in my pocket, which could end up really bad later. It could. <laughs> All right, so I'll cover behind Jack then, I guess. Just just keep them off me. All right, so you're you're gonna keep the pistol out, and you're gonna you're yeah. gonna stand behind Jack. Could be really bad though. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I thought maybe you just keep the hatchet. Just well, yeah, yeah I would just keep the hatchet out okay. and engage in brawl if I need. Yeah, to. I mean it's a it's it's a one handed pistol and it's a one handed hatchet. You don't necessarily have to use them in the same combat round, right? You you don't you can just keep them out. It's not like you're doing anything else with a free hand, right? I mean, ideally, I'm gonna I'm gonna move up just a bit, mm-hmm. just so I can get a better uh, angle on everybody. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I can can I see that guy's back? Yeah. All right, I'm gonna shoot him in the back. Okay. You don't you don't get the surprise bonus because everyone's engaged in combat. That's he's cool a, he's because I rolled uh, 13 under 84. Okay, that'll be Extreme. an impale. Yep. Yeah. So max damage plus rolled damage. Eight plus 12, so that's uh, 20. Yeah, you shoot him dead. All right, and then I'm going to put two rounds into Mumbly Joe over there. <laughs> Mumbly Joe. Okay, so you'll be at disadvantage for the next because you're changing targets. Okay. Yeah, so. Oh, I'm going to miss that one. next round that's a 16 under 84 you're at disadvantage for each roll well 39 yeah so you hit you just don't impale him okay so go ahead and roll damage against mumbly joe nine okay so he takes a bullet he doesn't drop but he uh he does fall to his knees geek the mage he continues to cast sigmund it appears it is beginning here you have loaded betty all right, wunderbar. Then he is going to across the pool. He's going to t- uh, step up to the corner there. I guess it would be like towards the bottom of the map. Step up to the corner of the gold just fi- and fire Betty across the pool towards the other two gentlemen. That is a 67 over 20. Mm-hmm. So... It's a something of a failure. I mean, if you want, it's on the line though. It's real close. It's uh, it's not. Um, you fire it's not Betty, even a little. Yeah, but Betty goes a little limp, and that flare falls into the pool and it fizzles. Stop. Oh, I was gonna, I was going to ask if it lit on fire. No. No, it does not light on fire. 
Doc seems befuddled and begins to frantically search the bag, hoping he has another flare. Uh, so, Otto, you are going to be uh, attacked about the head, neck, and shoulders by men with bladed weapons. Yep. And so I'll make an attack roll. Okay. And if I succeed, you can choose to fight back. You don't have to fight. roll to fight back unless it hits you. Right. And that's important because if you roll to fight back, you have to do it again. If you have to do it for the second guy, you'd be at disadvantage. So there's no reason to put yourself at disadvantage for no reason. Right. Yeah, he's going to hit you with that. Okay, so I'm going to fight back. <laughs> I mean, you can fight back or dodge your choice. I'll fight back. Fighting back does allow you to do damage if you win. 26 which is a do. is a hard success. Right? So you beat his hard you beat his normal success with your hard success, so now roll damage. So essentially when you when he swings on you with this scimitar, you block it with yours and then curl over and stab him. Same guy you hit before. Uh, eight points. All right. He ble- he's definitely bleeding now. Unfortunately for you, there is another gentleman, a gentleman who's just moved up beside his cultist buddy, and uh, he would like to also shish kebab you. Now, you can make a fight back roll if you want, because he's hit you, but you're at disadvantage this time. Yeah, that's a failure. 64 over 53. Okay. So, it'll take three points of damage. As a uh, rather a, a shorter weapon, kind of curved blade, about say eight to ten inches long or so, gets under your guard and slips in between your ribs. Uh, you can feel the fresh puncture wound, and now your adrenaline is really going. So I suppose that will bring us to the top of the round, which means something will arrive this round. But before that happens. Uh, it will be Miss Lane's turn. I was going to help Otto. Otto. Okay. okay. I fear you already shot the guy on the altar. So I see Otto getting attacked. Yes, he's being teamed up on. Okay. I am going to run over there and I'm going to swing at the one that's close on the right-hand side, the cultist, mm-hmm. yep. um, with my hatchet. And that'll be a fighting brawl. It would be a fighting brawl roll. Get a 68 out of 42. Okay. That's a failure. He's going to fight back. That's a 37. Uh, So you swing on him Mm -hmm. and he parries the hatchet with his curved blade. And much like he did with your buddy Otto, he uses the curvature of that blade to move around the handle. And he slices you all the way up the forearm for four damage. I already had damage from last game too. Mm Mm-hmm. So, Mr. Shea, your dexterity is? 65. And that's slightly faster than you, Mr. Doyle? Uh, yeah. Okay. So um, I have a gun out, so. So, technically, initiative purposes, you're plus 50 on that. Right. Role. So, you're plus 50. Uh, so, go ahead, Mr. Doyle. Yeah, I'm going to shoot uh, um, Mumbly Joe again. Sure, go ahead. 34. Yep. Roll damage. Uh, seven. Okay. You drop him. Uh, it looks like he was just about to finish what he had encanted. You can also tell that the um, altar fires here, these these fires here have been moving kind of almost in a, in a reverse motion. And uh, whatever happens or whatever was going to happen doesn't. Ooh, that's good. And then I move up. Okay. You won't be able to fire right. again. Yeah, but yeah no, I just, I want to be able to get out there. And, uh... Absolutely. We have a, a new player two has entered the game. Uh, so, <clears throat> back near Sigmund 
and Maeve, a thunderous, quaking eruption happens. The marble of the throne room cracks. And as it does, this massive beast moves out from the surface. It's probably three to four meters wide. It's got a rather bulbous head. It's got three eyes and it scans the room. So I'm going to have everyone make me a spot hidden roll because it's kind of not you, Maeve. You know what's going on. Oh. Okay. 8,399. Yeah. 61 under 80. Okay. 13 under 61. Fantastic. Wow. 57 out of 88. Okay. So you all notice this beast arrive, right? So there's no question of that. Now, Jack has seen it and Lillian has seen it and uh, the doctor has seen it, right? Oh, so yeah, you, none of you need any sort of sanity roll rolls. Oddle. <laughs> if you'd please roll sanity for me. At least your back is to it. That is an 88 over 50. Hot damn. Now, you lost sanity earlier today, yes? Uh, Yes, I did. How much did you lose? I lost one. Okay. And your sanity is at? 50. All right, lose six. Oh, jeez, I'm not okay. Uh, well, <laughs> you're at least not going to indefinite insanity because I couldn't have rolled enough to do so. You will make me intelligence test now, though. Ooh, boy. Now, do I get my bonus die for being sharp-witted on this? Uh, it's sharp-witted gives you a automatic... You want to fail this. Yeah. Remember, you want to fail. That's why I want the extra die. <laughs> But if you take your advantage on the roll, oh, you would take advantage. the higher of the two. Well, I did not fail this roll. I rolled 53 under 55. Fantastic. You do gain an extra point of Cthulhu Mythos because uh, you are seeing you're having a bout of madness because of a Mythos creature. So congratulations. Enjoy that point. That said. Don't say I never gave you anything. <laughs> <laughs> that said, Miss O'Shea, I would like you to roll me a D10. Uh-oh. Okay, uh, it's four or 40. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for the next, give me another D10, if you would, please. Also a four. For the next four rounds, Otto, you are going to be compelled to gloat. You're going to tell everyone here how great you are. And including the people that you're likely going to be murdering in the next few rounds. Um, you're going to you're going to act with a certain level of panache, which you are not necessarily known for. Well, I'm known for panache, anyways. This is just going to be extra. You're going to lay it on nice and thick. How dare you challenge me? Do you not know who I am? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so your servitor is here. Mm -hmm. It arrives through the rubble, and as it leans its head down towards you, it throat trills something at you. And when it does, the Aklo it speaks to you says, what may I do for you, mother? First things first. I love the I'm looking to clean up the kitchen look you have going on right now. Too. <laughs> I mean, essentially. Boys, boys, start? boys. So I will look at it and speak in Aklo and say, why don't you go around Sigmund and take care of those pesky cultists? And 
make sure to check the sarcophagus on top of the altar there. Okay, so let me help you with that a little. Um, This is likely a fairly simple creature Uh in the intelligence sense. Okay. It's probably going to want a little bit more directed. Okay, well then I'll point it first to eat the cultists. Okay. But not the old guy. So this massive snake arrives, or this snake-like thing, Segment to your immediate left. Uh, as it does, it rolls past you, right? Not not harming you, not enveloping you, not rolling you over. Uh, it seems to just move directly beside you. Um, it is a, well, it's a wonder. It's a really scary wonder. Uh, and as it does, the uh, cultists which are in front of it begin to scream. Can I take this opportunity to reach out and like touch touch, touch touch the snake as it goes by because I haven't actually had an opportunity to feel it with my hands yet. Why you gotta be touching shit, guys? Why you gotta summon a giant snake? <laughs> just just rub your face all in the mythos. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm gonna say you can absolutely touch it. Fantastic. So this being it, it seems to move rather slow at first as it moves past Sigmund, but once it clears his body, it rears up and strikes like an arrow. And this thing is ferocious in the fact that it can transfer that much energy in that quick a time. The first thing it does when it when it leaps out and it, it rears up and snaps forward, it wholesale eats the first cultist in a single bite. And you can hear the jaws, right? These jaws that seem to open in, in three spots, crunch and just make that the pressing of flesh and bone is audible throughout the chamber. The cultist beside him is going to slash at it because he doesn't know enough to run. That is a six, so that's an impaled. You feel through the ether a wave of almost electrified pain run up your side. And something has hurt your servitor and has wounded it. Well, I would scream and then start running towards it. Okay. So that said, uh, so that being said, Audel, you have two gentlemen in front of you who clearly have no idea who the fuck you are. You dogs dare raise your sword to me. You should run in fear. And I will stab the one that I stabbed last time. Certainly. That is an ought four. Okay. So he will attempt to dodge and fail. So that's an impale. Mm-hmm. So it's max damage plus rolled damage. So eight plus six, 14. Cut his head off. That seems to be a trend. Um, so the scimitar comes back up in Otto's hand. And when it comes back up, it whips forward and you can hear it slice through the air. You even see the rather elegant Damascus steel that's along this weapon almost glow up slightly. It shines a bit in the firelight here. And the next thing you see is a head separated from a body. Miss Lane, that is not something you were hoping to see today. No. You are not cold-blooded, nor are you in the middle of a bout of madness, nor are you... Of a war veteran. I want a sanity roll for you. I just lost a bunch of sand last game. I know. 14. 
Okay. Uh, so you don't take any direct sand loss from it, but that's likely because your brain is still a bit in shock from seeing it. Um, the, the head tumbles into the pool and that cultist will bother you no more. I wipe the blood from my face because <laughs> yeah. I'm sure I get sprayed with some. Indeed. Sigmund, any other action other than touching the big snake? Well, I'm glad we put it that way. I would say hey, there are no cultists around me currently because there is a giant freaking snake. What was the texture of the snake? Was it literally like a giant muscled snake, essentially? Or was it sticky? Or Actually, the, the texture for you is a little different. It, it feels almost like, lar- instead of these the scales that you would be used to from a, uh, a, a common everyday snake that you would find in a garden or perhaps even a something like here in the desert, an asp or viper, these plates are wide and almost long. They're almost... Uh, not tubular, but they almost seem to wrap almost like uh, the, the width of a tire around this creature. Oh, okay. So it, it has almost a worm-like feel to it, although it's not greased or there's no juices that flow off of it. The, the smell that you smelled before, the chlorinated smell, is mm. back. That same smell you smelled in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Interesting. I have to worry about that later. Um, Doc is going to go back over towards the stairs where he saw that red mist. That is um, starting to worry him, especially if they were trying to summon something. Certainly. And he's going to go examine that, maybe with a biology or pharmacy role. To examine it properly, you'd have to go down those stairs. Hmm. All right. Well, one or two stairs couldn't hurt. Certainly not. So Doc advances a couple of stairs or a couple of steps down the stairs because he's uh, too damn curious to know better. All right. So top of the round, Miss Lane, having just uh, wiped the blood from your, likely from your face and whatnot uh, from this decapitated man. I'm bleeding profusely from my arm. You are now bleeding from your arm. And it hurts like hell. I'm sure it does. I um, take my headscarf off and I wrap my arm um, to try to, you know, minimize the bleeding. Sure. So I am going to slash at that the cultist that's directly mm-hmm. well, almost in front of her. Yeah. And I'm really angry now because, one, I'm, I'm bleeding all over the darn place. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Exactly. I got a 13 out of 42. Okay, so hard success. Go ahead and roll damage with your hatchet. Is this the first time you've ever successfully hit someone with that hatchet? Mm-hmm. Yes, with the gun I've hit. No, no, we know. <laughs> yeah, we know exactly. What I've hit, hit multiple people with the gun, the rifle, but, not a gun. Bloody but now it's a bloody hatchet. That's it's right. A bloody hatchet. She's getting better. I got a, I got a one. Okay. It just makes it slightly easier for me to cut his head off next round. Cool. <laughs> You land this hatchet into his body. He turns to you with a, a look of just pure desire and says, come and beat the Black Pharaoh. And then he's going to stab you. You do get to dodge okay. or you can fight back. And so the difference is if you dodge, likely your dodge is probably higher than your fighting brawl. Only by like three points. If you dodge, you can dodge completely. If you fight back, you have the potential of doing damage back to him if you beat him. Will he still do damage to me even if I fight back? No, no. because you win the roll. 
can I spend luck on on my di- mm. my my yeah. fight back? The only thing you can't spend luck on is pulp character's damage. Okay, so then I'm gonna fight back then. Yeah, no, sanity test, right? Yeah, sanity test, right? And luck rolls. I am going to spend the five luck to make that a success because I got a forty-seven. Okay, so you fight back. You have the same level of success as he does. And so you successfully fight back. You successfully defend yourself from any damage. But since you don't exceed his success level, you don't do any damage to him. You also don't take any damage. That's good. It's effectively a parry. He stabs at you and you parry. There's a loud, clean, metal, unmetal sound. I scream in frustration. Speaking of screaming in frustration, Jack, because you have a gun out, then it will be Maeve. And then Otto the Great gets to go. I'm going to move back around the altar. I want to make sure I clean out any other cultists back here, and I'm going back up. Remember, the altar is very large. Yes. Right. So with there, with your body there and seeing what's behind the altar now, you see a massive obsidian throne. Massive. Uh, It's not made for a human. It's something else. It's empty. That's reassuring. You can see that there are two or three different ways, obviously, at each cardinal point to get up to the altar. Uh, But you are correct in your assumption that the back of the altar seems sloped to allow for direct access from behind. And there's nobody else back here? No. Okay. The room back there seems to be relatively empty. Is that your action? Well, yeah. yeah. At some point, I'm going to go up the altar. Uh, Miss O'Shea. So is the servitor going to eat that other cultist? The servitor would sure like to try if that's what mother would like. Yes. And if he fails, I got his back. He does fail. Just by a few points. He can't spend luck, so. Right. All right. Well, then I'll run up alongside and uh, attempt to slice him asshole to elbow. I think that's fairly fair. And uh, I assume you're going to use your, your blade. Yes. Fighting brawl. That is uh, 29 out of 47. Okay. Fight back roll is a 70. So go ahead and roll damage. That is a 6. And then pow. Yes, and then pow. Pow. Pow, pow, pow. That is a 4 out of 83. Yeah. Okay, so you sink this nasty dedicated blade into his belly and when you do to get the leverage you need you you have to grab onto his robe and you shove this knife in and when it goes all the way in his body you feel energy life essence transfer from him to you and so you deal eight damage and you draw eight magic points out of his body before he dies. Well, I, I, I will store that. And he drops like a husk on the ground. So what you get for hurting my friends. Sigmund, make me a spot hidden roll. Because you are the or you're the only person who can see this. Potential. I specifically said don't look at me. 88 over 80. Doc is fortunately slash unfortunately more interested in the red mist and the doorway than Maeve's psychotic shenanigans. <laughs> Very well. 
who could say what killed him, really. Otto, the Great, has arrived again. Yes. In his second round of his mental empire. If you would please continue. <laughs> You're right to face away from me, worm. You will surely die now. Well, I rolled a 48 under 53. Okay. Uh, he has taken a, a liking to Miss Lane, so he's going to attempt to dodge out of the way rather than uh, fight back, which he fails to do so. 54 out of 50. And so uh, his back is clearly open to you. And his back is taking four points. Okay. Lillian, top of the round. All right, I'm going to attempt this slash at the cultist again. I got a 75 out of 42. Not okay. spending luck on that. You can always just take your failure and like it. Am I going to be able to dodge him when he tries to attack me? I mean, yeah, you always have an action. Okay. You always have an action to dodge. That's fine. That's not one or the other. Jack, I'm go ahead. Up. You're, you're going up the altar? Yep. Okay. You head up the altar towards the back, I would assume? Yeah. You see that there is below here, there is something below the altar, uh, like where you would keep objects to be used during a ritual. And one of the things that is here is what what appears to be anyway, some sort of tiara, some sort of crown or something is here. Just a crown, not a girl? Yeah, just a crown, not a girl. Well, I'm going to pick that up. Okay. You pick it up. You know that the the sarcophagus is here right in front of you. Is it closed? Uh, it is for the moment. Okay. I it's, like the way you say that. <laughs> why is that? Oh. Uh, all right. So back over to your servitor. Are you going to have him continue? Yeah. Can I, like, hitch a ride? He doesn't really have straps for which you to ride him. That's not the way it uh, works. Okay. You, you could fashion a saddle. <laughs> right now? Okay, no, yep. I mean, maybe. Yeah, I'm going to have him go up to the sarcophagus. Oh, okay. You're going to divert him? Yeah. Okay. Yes, because this cultist you have destroyed. Uh, so he slithers through and he slithers towards the altar. His form continues to move around the space. He's moving around the pool, basically, on this round. Is there enough room for me to move over to the cultist that's attacking them? You'd have to double back. Um, you probably wouldn't get there this round. Oh, okay. It's a big okay. space. Then so. I'll just keep following. The... Okay. Speaking of that cultist, Miss Lane, mm-hmm. he thinks that you're um, a sweet suckling pig he'd like to shank, which is what he's going to do. Jesus. Maybe not. <laughs> no, actually, wait. Yeah, you'll have to either have to dodge or you'll have to fight back. All right, I am going to try to fight back this time. Go for it. I got an 18 out of 42. Okay, so that is a hard success, which beats his success, which means you'll deal damage. So go ahead and roll a uh, d6. I got a four. Okay. Uh, You again parry his weapon, but this time you get in rhythm and you hit him back. Something he was not prepared for and you can see that he's getting very desperate. You see that look of sweaty desperation. A look you've seen on many men's faces, although not here. <laughs> I'm used to that. <laughs> this, so I guess that that would be uh, Sigmund. 
you're down on these uh, couple of stairs investigating this mist. Yeah. Yeah. This mist is, uh, it seems to be just emanating from the ceiling or is it coming out of small holes or? It does seem to be just, it's, it's very strange as you look at the top of this archway as the stairs go down and they, they're pretty steep as well. It's almost as if the header of this staircase is where the mist comes out of, like little tiny thin holes. Hmm. And it seems to cascade down. So if you're going to spend a little time there, I'd like you to make an occult roll. I would love to. That is 100 over 45. Good lord. Uh, okay, so that your occult is 45, which means... Yeah, you, you botch that roll. That is a it's a critical failure. Uh, you're fairly certain that the mist is simply something, some type of uh, clerical uh, cleansing agent. Maybe there's incense that they have some sort of powdered incense there, and so it's likely just something for well, you know, you kind of add, you begin to kind of put things together like okay, it's bloody tongues. Yeah. Oh, it's a ceremony. Okay, There's no further interest then. Well, once I figured it out, then it has no further interest for me. Well, yeah, it's clearly not a danger. No, not at all. Um, it didn't smell like a danger. I didn't see any problems with it. Since it's not dangerous, he's going to try to head down the stairway. Okay, go ahead and make me a power roll when you get to the bottom of the stairs. I thought maybe. And remember that you have iron will. 36 under 65. I'm definitely taking that one. You get down to the bottom of the stairs and something tries to get between your ears. A voice, a presence, something. And you hit the stop button on your foot from going any further. Hmm. And you have to exert an, an extreme amount of willpower to pull yourself back to center. It's like something tried to grab your head metaphysical head and take control of you all right well i do believe my initial inspection of it being harmless was probably wrong no (laughs) i'm willing to admit it's a possibility so he will use this action to try to stumble backwards up the stairs yeah which is what you do and uh, we'll leave it to um Otto to continue the melee. The mighty Otto. Or perhaps end the melee. Oh, of course. It will end now. Certainly. I am, I am tired of this riffraff. Agreed. Unclean, filthy animals. So uh, that's a 16. That's a hard success. Fair enough. Uh, he will attempt to parry or to fight back. He does not. Damage. Eight. You drop him. As of course you would. The great Otto. Of course. And as your blade sinks into him and you relieve him of the rest of his life force, his putrid existence on this earth, which can clearly be no match for your own grandiose nature, uh, you feel a sudden sucking sound as this cloud, which has been around your head for Lord knows how long, begins to evaporate. You suddenly come back to the oddle everyone knows. Although you're now covered in blood. <laughs> you're not really sure what's happened in the past few seconds. Again? <laughs> I seem to be making a habit of this. I mean, at least you didn't almost try and kill Jack. Yeah, I you lower look, the sword. You lower time. the sword. 
And when you do, you look down and you see a decapitated body on the ground. Again. Flashbacks. We're out of rounds. And so your view as you look back up from the decapitated body is filled with a long muscled form. This massive gray and purple figure that moves, slithers along the, the, the floor here towards this alabaster white throne or alabaster white altar. I will fall to my knees in shock, basically. Lillian, your arm is really starting to hurt. And that cultist is dead, correct? Yes. Um, I'm going to turn around to try to find the doctor to see if he can help. Well, look, there he is. Just back from a constitutional down the staircase. <laughs> I go over to him. I kind of just show him my arm. She's bleeding. <laughs> doctor, doctor, can, do you have anything to wrap my arm with? Doctor kind of looks at the wound for a moment as if he doesn't quite understand why Lillian is showing him a bloody arm. Is the doctor doing anything? Like, or is he just staring? And then kind of shakes his head, looking down the stairway the whole time, and he begins to rapidly wrap Lillian's arm and perform medical on it. Do I notice that he he hesitated? Oh, yeah. Doctor, um, is everything okay? Uh, what? 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 I'm sorry, what? Um, um, yes, uh, no, no, I don't go down there. Just, um, stay up here for now. And he wraps Lillian's arm. Go ahead and make your first aid roll, Doctor. While that is happening, Jack and Miss O'Shea have arrived at the altar. I'll spend two luck to make that a success. Okay. Uh, I need to get this thing open, so I need something to pry it open with. And luckily, uh, I have a spear in my other hand. I was going to say, I was going to have him push the sarcophagus open. The, the servitor. Okay. Yeah. Like, I'm, use the tail and, like, or however it needs uh, to. You tell him to, if you tell it to yeah. open the box, it uses its massive head and pushes the sarcophagus lid open. You have to back up very yeah, quickly, yeah. Jack as a very heavy stone lid falls off the top of the sarcophagus and then rattles all the way down the uh, altar steps. Given that you had to back up, you're likely close enough to be the first person to see inside this sarcophagus. Mm -hmm. When you do, um, you see the form of a, a, a mummified form, humanoid, wrapped from head to toe in very traditional garments. That's what's inside of it, at least in the first initial look. Because again, it's still fairly dark in here. And nobody here is an elf with night vision, so. I guess I'll fish around in my bag. Do I have, I think he, you had the flashlight, didn't you? Yeah. Jack, you get back up on the altar and likely, you know, get the flashlight out and see what's inside of it. Mm -hmm. It is what you were expecting. Mummy. There's a mummified human form in there. I just want to see if it's her, if it's who we need to get. Is there a way, like, can I read on the side of it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, her name is splayed all across the inside and outside of okay. this sarcophagus, right? Because after the lid comes off, the actual sarcophagus is in there. Now, this is a very traditional sarcophagus, right? So it's got the big outer uh -huh. lid 
and then it has the inner one. The right. inner one has already been moved off. So that with them. Does she have the girdle on? No. Okay. She, she might not. not have it here yet. Yeah. Then I will have the servitor take her take her back to the temple. Give me a Cthulhu Mythos roll. More of an informational one. Mm-mm. No? Okay. 84 out of 31. So the servitor comes closer and it opens up its mouth, its maw, right? And as it does, when it opens up its maw, you see the the mist that comes out of it, right? This chlorine gas oh, that so comes out of it. probably going to damage the body. And you get very concerned immediately as it starts moving towards it. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa hang on, wait. Wait, wait. <laughs> well, is its body like prehensile? Can it take it, take the body with its tail? No. It doesn't have enough tail control to do something like that. Okay. This is likely something you're going to have to lift and carry out. Okay. I'll take right. it, you know, a mummy's like 40, 50 pounds. You're going to pick it up? Yeah. Okay. You pick up the body. You can feel it's, yeah, probably about maybe maybe 20 to 25 kilos. She's not very heavy. Uh, when you you pick up the body, there is a audible uh, metal on stone sound from inside of the uh, sarcophagus. And with the ambient light available, you see a bracelet. And it is a wrapped serpent. Yoink. And it's very ornate. And as you finish wrapping Miss uh, Lane's arm, the servitor turns to you and again trills. What is next, Mother? My time here is short. Destroy the throne. It turns to the throne and begins m- moving that way. Are you waiting around? following Jack with the body. He need, he's going to need backup yeah, wherever we'll, we're We'll take go. the body down there, but I actually want to make sure that there's nothing else here that could be a problem. Okay. So I'm going to... Otto, you want to help me? He's on his knees at the moment. Oh, right, right. <laughs> he might, he might want to help you, but... Maybe if you want to uh, come with me. Yes. I want to shine the flashlight, you know, walls, corners. I want to make sure we just... Murder I don't Bobo. want to see it. We didn't leave something that's going to be very important later. Do you have the crown in your hand too? I do. Okay. Yeah, you don't see anything around the throne. The thing that you see around the throne that's very disturbing is the same name repeated over and over on that throne. And that's Nefren Ka. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um, the servitor, again, rears up and, and basically with with using its body and head like a fist, punches the throne. The throne doesn't budge. And after a couple of attempts, you get the feeling like the servitor's not that interested in continuing. (laughs) That's fine. I will thank it and send it on its way. It begins slithering back to the hole. In another part of Cairo, waking up uh, late in the morning, a man who slept in a cistern, eh, somewhat of a sister last night, finally uh, rouses himself. The exhaustion from everything that happened last night, Sam, is still running through your body. You know, as cisterns go, this place is pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, you picked a good one. Let's, let's be honest. 
I will sit up and uh, inspect my surroundings. You see in, in front of you, sitting uh, in a cross-like position, uh, Nerys, sitting in front of uh, the statue to Bast, and she appears to be meditating. It's hard to tell whether, it's hard to tell what time it is, because it's all dark down here. Uh, I will kind of quietly uh, gather gather my belongings, and if she doesn't really seem to acknowledge me, I'm not going to disturb her. Are you heading out? I'll take a moment to size up the statue again and probably take a long, hard look at the little meditating form before I, I dip out. Yeah. I, uh, okay. I head back out into the cistern. You head back out into the cistern and you realize it's mid-morning already. Oof. And you get this feeling, the, the, the jolt of the difference in time. You must have been asleep for eight, nine hours. Do I feel rested? You do. You do. And you've healed two hit points in case you were down. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that's, that's great news. Um, um, you, you you definitely feel like you have, you're a little bit behind schedule. Sure. So uh, I will make my way back out to, I have one last piece of business at Gafour's house. So I will, I will head there first. Mm-hmm. And I will once again pull the, pull the car around back and make my way into the house quietly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, your Dutchman is sleeping. Okay. Um, he is surrounded now by two or three cats who've taken up residence in Dr. Kapoor's house. Morning. He shudders away. Uh, uh, oh, 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 it's you. It's you. Thank goodness. And, and it seems you, you have friends. Uh, they won't stay away. You know they're not going to go anywhere until, if ever. So I would I would just get used to it. I will uh, unroll the 500 pounds mm-hmm. and put it next to him. I have something for you. He st- stands up. Oh? Mm. Yes. I managed to um, decipher one of the pieces last night, but I need you to check with Dr. Kofor on its accuracy. I can do that. It's uh, it's information about one of the uh, pyramids here. Something that I don't think the Clive expedition found out about yet. Go on. Well, there was one of our one of our expedition, one of the, the former group. There was a, uh, a man there who was desperate to believe that there were tunnels under these pyramids. And he kept pointing to some of the uh, major ones, but there are some older pyramids here. There is a pyramid I think you may... Well, again, you'll have to check with Dr. Kafour if it's true or not. But I think from what I see in my notes here, I think there may be something more underneath underneath one of them. He gets out the sheaves of paper. Secret tunnels beneath the pyramids? Indeed. Those things have been turned upside down, haven't they? Oh, no. No, no, not at all, actually. Uh, um, people think that. People think that the Valley of Kings has been completely and utterly combed through. But the truth of the matter is, is that Howard Carter really only excavated so very little of this land. Hmm. Very little. And quite frankly, he was rather lucky. But 
There is a collapsed pyramid, and I think that these notes point to that. Do they indicate what's there? It could be something powerful. And then he pulls another piece of paper out. I, in all the notes that I have read, I believe the pyramid that you may want to look at most of all is the bent pyramid. Okay. If you're truly looking for the source of this brotherhood or perhaps even Nefrenka, that is where you'll want to head. He stuffs the notes into your hands. This is good work. Look, this money is to get you out of here. I will take these notes to Kafur, but I have to go meet the rest of the team. Finish your work here. Leave the material here. I'll come back to get it. I understand. Thank you. Don't thank me yet. You have plenty of work to do when you uh, get overseas. Uh, I'll provide him with uh, a slip with some important addresses to... Uh, it's Is it the Bronx or Harlem? It's Harlem, my friend. So uh, yeah, I will send him... I will give him the, uh, the information for Ramsey's office in Harlem. Very well. He'll be expecting you. I look forward to the work. If I see you again, it'll be a surprise to me to us both. He takes the money. Enjoy the cats. I will go wash up. And knowing that I'm probably not going to be able to come back to this house for some time, I will load up the car. Okay. And then you're driving south? I'm driving to uh, the museum. Okay. You drive off towards the museum. So I'll leave you there for the moment. Okay. Drive into the museum. Investigators underneath the pyramids. After the servitor leaves, are you tracing your steps back? Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the mummy and put it in one of the cultist robes. Okay. And then kind of slide the spear through it so that I can kind of create a yoke so I can carry it over my shoulders. Yeah. And that way I'm not carrying a body through... Uh, Understood. Understood. Uh, you would be at any sort of, for any physical right. yeah. tests, you'll be at disadvantage because even with help, it's a cumbersome piece to, it doesn't weigh very much, but it's still fairly cumbersome. Um, We're going to have to figure out how to get past the guards with that. Yeah, there are guards at the outside of the... Unless yeah, there's just, another exit out of here. Well, that's possible, but you... Well, what's down the stairs? I don't know what's down the stairs. Yes, we can go check. Doctor, you were over there. What was down the stairs? There's, I, I don't, I don't know what is got, what is down the stairs, but I didn't tell you that it is not benevolent and it is powerful. Okay, uh, we don't go down the stairs. Then. I, as there was a sense of control, it, it tried to control my actions to make me walk deeper into what I believe would have been almost assuredly my doom. It seems to me that the cultists didn't go the same way we went to get all this stuff in here. Yes. There has to be an alternate way through. Well, I I mean, I looked through here and I didn't see another way out. Unless it's behind the throne or something. Well, I went behind the throne. Yeah. Oh. yeah. He investigated all around the throne. So either it's a different turn in the tunnels. I think there wasn't there another path that we there didn't were. take. Yeah, so. Uh, there was another path that did not get taken. That from this stairway out exit, there is a path that would go right. The difference being for you, Otto, is that you know the path roughly that leads back out. And you would also know that anyone who built the tunnels obviously has built traps into it. 
you also know, unfortunately, that there is a there is a chasm. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. One of these ways. And it was a pit the way we came. Right. So Which we means can't go that way. You couldn't go. You likely could not go back unless you fashioned something to get across. Mm-hmm. So down the stairs we go. No. So you're going to go right. Yeah. Okay. You head right. This is the same sort of eight by eight hewn stone crafted by tradesmen, tunnels, the main tunnels types that you've seen. You walk through the tunnels for what seemed like probably 20 minutes or so. Uh, I would like spot hidden rules from all of you. Spot of two. the hidden. Oh, nice. No, wait, 12. Sorry, not two. That's stupid. Uh, 98. I didn't see nothing. What's your spot hidden? Uh, 53. That's luckily or not a fumble. 61, I mean. Luckily not a fumble. Had a 55 out of 88. Okay. 34 out of 75. Okay, so Jack, tell me, if you're in the lead, are you or are you in the lead, first of all? Uh, secondly, uh, are you sticking to what you now know are the main types of tunnels? Yeah. Well, then I'm, like, close behind Jack because, you know, he's kind of tied up. And then I'm probably behind Maeve. Mm-hmm. You all walk the tunnels for an extended period of time, sticking to these main pathways. You hear a series of strange noises all along the path here. There are different shoots left and right, but you can tell fairly quickly that they diverge into much thinner passageways. And so as you stick to the main tunnel types, um, you eventually get into what looks like an antechamber. And there is a a sound that you've not heard in some time. And that's the sound of wind. Hmm. We must be close. Yeah, can we, like, trace where the breeze is coming from? Actually, uh, you barely have to because your guide finds it immediately. Hmm. He moves and sticks to the eastern face of this corridor fairly quickly. And as he does, uh, Otto, you see that there's a, what would normally look like a, a curtain to anyone else, which would camouflage completely into the brick here. Uh, as you come upon it, you can see where the dust trail is. And just a, a simple, the simplest press against that uh, reveals a, a wall piece that pushes in. And then you feel this gust of wind come in from the outside world. I bow and extend my arm. Uh, Exiting out of that is a fairly long series of, um, we would say, um, eroded stairs. Uh, Probably 10 to 15 stairs total. Very slight in their slope. And you find yourself in a sand-covered space. And then there is a, a lodestone that sits on top of this. And so the breeze tends to get in, but you would not be able to pass it without moving it. But you can hear, Jack, that the outside world is just beyond. All right. Well, you want to help me with this idol? Sure. We'll set the queen down and then uh, okay. move the stone. 
Strength roll, please, gentlemen. 29 under 40. 87 over 60. <laughs> uh, Jack, you don't get any of the hard work done this time. Uh, Otto moves the stone slowly but surely. He moves it. And after probably a good four or maybe five minutes, you are in a place you'd not believed you could be. You are near the Sphinx. That was a lot of work. You start hearing voices. Shit. People. Tourists. How are we going to hide a body? Well, it's wrapped up in a, uh, a cloak on the spear. You, you speared the body? No, 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 no. <laughs> I put it inside the robe, the body in the robe, and then I ran the spear through the robe as well. So that okay. so it's misshapen and not human yeah. form. Yes. Great. How far? So we're further away from the temple now, like oh, yes. my temple. Oh, yes. But you are in the outside world. Yeah. And that sun warms your skin. What time is it? It's midday or close to. And so luckily for you, Otto, because it's midday, the tourist crowd is a little thinner. Isn't there also a tour schedule? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, like they come in regular intervals. Mm-hmm. It's not a continuous stream of people. Right. You would know it. Could you get us some camels for us to make an exit? Um, that should be fairly easy. If you don't fall in any holes, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know where I'm going now. <laughs> Jack, you know you're going to have to seal this thing back up. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to let the common people down there. Mm-hmm. The people who are unprepared. Well, we'll wait till we get uh, some camels over here. So your plan then is to exit from here and head to where? Me and Maeve have to take this somewhere. Mm -hmm. Otto, I want you to take uh, Lillian and uh, the doctor somewhere safe. Mm -hmm. So Lillian can have that looked at. Oh, I'll pull Slander out too so he can get warmed up. Certainly. So I I think what we'll do for the moment is we'll call the episode to a close here with you still near the Sphinx. As the uh, group is very tactically trying to figure out where it's going to go with its weekend at Bernie's style dead body and uh, with the fate of Egypt yet undecided. So thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Masks of Neomathotep. We greatly appreciate your listening ears, and we will return next week. 